Let's pray together. Almighty God, your presence is heavy in this place. Come and speak to our hearts so that once again we may glorify you as you intended at creation. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. Well, our family, like most families, uh, has times where house cleaning is a family affair. And I would like to tell you that this is a regular and disciplined rhythm for us. Our kids who are six and nine years old, they, they do have regular chores that they're assigned, but they are mostly sent to clean their rooms when the disaster level found there is approaching catastrophic. <laughs> and besides catastrophe, there's, there's also another reason why full family cleaning events happen in our home. Sometimes when the call to clean up is made for the whole family, when the vacuum and the duster and the jobs are all assigned around the house, my kids will turn to me and ask, who's coming over, mommy? <laughs> and I would chastise them for talking to me like that, except it's usually true. We often clean up because company is coming. A while back, uh, my nine-year-old son's room was getting to a hazmat high alert status. And I knew from looking at the disaster level of that room that this task was going to take multiple hours, perhaps a whole day. And so I sent him in with instructions to make sure that that room would be totally transformed, that I would be back to check, and that I expected there to be nothing left on that floor. And let's just say the floor was currently in some sort of witness protection program. <laughs> I hadn't seen it in days. and so. He went in, he, he dutifully shut the door and got started, and then he emerged 10 minutes later, ready to go out and play with friends. And he declared to me that he was done with a capital D. So I was skeptical, knowing the level I had found it at before, but I went in and where the disaster area once was, there was a completely pristine floor. He had done the cleaning in record time and his room was totally transformed. I was about to praise him when I noticed the closet doors. <laughs> we have those closets in our house where the doors are on a track. They slide apart so that you can put things in and then they slide closed again so that you can hide the things that you've placed there. And these doors, they were closed, but instead of hanging straight down, they were bulging. <laughs> bulging out into the room, unable to contain the mess that had been stuffed inside in just the 10 minutes that he had spent pushing things from the floor to the closet. He had stuffed disaster behind the doors and called it cleaning. And when I opened those doors, it all tumbled out right onto the floor where it had started. And I said, let's start over again together this time. Lent begins today with its unpopular calling for repentance, lament, fasting, and self-denial. It's a call to let God clean out our innermost selves. This is our pre-Easter season, the 40 days plus Sundays when we prepare our hearts to walk together as a community, not just in this community, together with Christians around the world to walk towards the cross, and then to receive Jesus risen on Easter. 
The stores, of course, have their Easter aisles all set up. You can walk down them with cute bunnies and brightly colored eggs, all ready for the secularized tones of the Easter feast. But meanwhile, Lent calls. She plays her tones low and slow, calling us to consider whether we are ready, whether we're actually willing to go all the way to the cross with Jesus so that we can go all the way to the tomb and meet him there when Easter morning comes in resurrection. And among all the pastel decorations that you can get for your home in the Easter aisle, I found that a lot of them have cute little messages written on them. If you just looked at the Easter aisle, it seems that Easter is a season to celebrate puns. Um, messages that you can hang up around your house on little signs and throw pillows and dish towels and t-shirts. Messages like, Hoppy Easter, and some bunny loves me, and my favorite, hanging with my peeps. <laughs> and I, I must not be the target audience for that aisle, because if you think I have time to change the decorations in my house for Easter, you don't know me that well. <laughs> but when I pass that aisle of Easter decorations at the store, I think, I must have missed the Lent aisle, the ones in deep tones of purple, because I didn't find any cross-stitched signs to hang in my house to say with David in Psalm 51, against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. I didn't find any dish towels with Matthew 6 and Jesus' words, be careful, be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them. If you do, you have no reward with your Father in heaven. And, and there's no t-shirt in the Lent aisle, and I've always wanted this on a t-shirt, announcing with the prophet Joel, Joel, yet even now, says the Lord, return to me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts and not your clothing. Rend your hearts, tear asunder your very heart, not just your outer garments. This, this is a calling to let Jesus do more than just move around a few outer artifacts in our lives. It's a calling to let him clean out your closet, not just your room where company will see to dig into the inner recesses of your heart in this season, to the places where you have stuffed things and called it cleaning. Yesterday was Mardi Gras, a, a day of indulgence to get ready for the fasting. And the world loved that day so much, they turned it into a complete season with feasting and parties and decorations and masks. And the calendar turned so quickly to Ash Wednesday. Today's a day that masks come off. And we can all see who we are written on our faces as plain as crosses made in ash. We are containers made of dust. Someday we will all be dust again. And the cleaning up and the decorating of the outside of these containers, while it will probably win us points with the world, evidently isn't as important to God as the state of our hearts. Ministry is a place that rewards masks. When you're following a calling to lead others to Christ, you will be encouraged to have the outward appearance of holiness, 
even if it is not the reality of your life or your heart. I've heard people joke that Wilmore, Kentucky is 10 miles from the nearest known sin. (laughs) You've heard that, right? It's funny until you begin talking with the Wilmore Police Department to find out that the most frequent call for help are domestic violence calls. Think about that for a moment. Or until you hear again and again the deep despair and distress of our own campus community's struggle with online pornography. When sin is not acceptable in the light, it goes underground, festers. It goes behind closed doors in the attitudes of our hearts, in the ways that we see other people, especially those with whom we disagree, in the disappointments we've faced that have settled into bitterness, in the times we have written off or demonized persons who are made in God's image, in the ways that we've tried to wait for God to work, but in the absence of answered prayer, we've turned to our own fixes for our anxiety and the waiting. It doesn't take much for things to get cluttered up. Cobwebs don't need your permission to form. They come on their own. What are we asking God to do this Lent when we say we want him to transform us? Do we really just want a good scrubbing up of our reputations, of our public personas, of our public gifts for ministry and the ways that others see us? Or will you ask God to do a deep cleaning in you this Lent, to take the things that you've stuffed down and make them right? Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. Are we willing to say to God in this season, whatever is wrong in me, in this world, in this community, Lord, make it right. Um, I joke about the unmarketable nature of Lent and unpopular words like repentance, self-denial, fasting. But let me tell you that I long for this season. I long to be made over in Christ's image not just in a way that is skin deep. And because of that, Lent is my favorite season in the Christian calendar, and Ash Wednesday with its somber expressions and its desire for Christ is a day that I look forward to every year. As a pastor, I have marked hundreds, maybe thousands of crosses made of ashes on people's foreheads over the years, and my voice catches in my throat every time I say the words, remember that you are dust, and to dust you shall return. Repent and believe the gospel. Both humanity's diagnosis and cure are summed up in those statements. I have whispered those words so close to people's faces. Remember, to dust you shall return. I have said that over the oldest members of my congregations, wondering who will not be with us by next Ash Wednesday. I have said it over pink newborn babies as I marred their little clean foreheads with ashes, wishing I could say something else, but no matter the age, it's still the reality. On what other day of the year could you get four inches from somebody's face, tell them that they're going to die, and then say, repent and believe the gospel? (laughs) Probably get arrested in most places for that. Repent and believe the gospel. It sounds old-fashioned. I'm sure it sounded out of style the day Jesus first proclaimed it. 
It is not a popular proclamation to make in someone's face unless you've just announced that someday they will return to dust and this is the only cure. On this day, we begin our journey with Jesus towards the cross. And I don't know of any other diagnosis or cure to offer the old people or the babies or everyone in between. What do we have to offer but the truth? The truth of our mortality is not an unknown fact. It's just an unpopular and undiscussed one. But Lent will bring it in with a wave of ashes in your face. You're dust. Have you forgotten? Formed from earth by the hands of God. Formed in the image of God, breathed into with the breath of God, with the hopes that you would continue to choose to shape your life after his, with his help, before your earthly container turns to dust once again. Lent is not for masks and decorations. Jesus didn't come so that you could have better curb appeal. He wants into the cupboards, into the corners, into the places you've hidden things for so long that perhaps you've hidden them from yourself. And he wants a deep and inner kind of holiness that will so overflow out of those doors that that holiness cannot stay hidden, even though you've chosen to practice your piety in private, not in public. What kind of fast have I chosen, God asks us in Isaiah but to loose the chains of injustice and untie the cords of the yoke, to set the oppressed free and break every yoke. What kind of fast have I chosen? Is it not to share your food with the hungry, to provide the poor wanderer with shelter, when you see the naked to clothe them and not turn away from your own flesh and blood? Do these things in secret and they will overflow out the doors. This is the character of Christ and it's only made in the hidden place. But the shape of that character will come out in each of us. Uh, we're entering today into a season that begins with a smudge. What's on your face, somebody's going to ask you later today. But that cross will become clearer every day of the next 40 until the cross of Christ is clearly in our focus. When we sing, lead me to the cross, can you pray that prayer? He will answer it if you are bold enough to ask. When the deep cleaning starts at my house, the kids ask, who's coming over, Mommy? And the more you clean, the more important the company must be. Listen, the resurrected Christ is coming. 40 days plus Sundays. And he wants a chance to move in, to move in your life like never before. He wants Easter to come in a season of resurrection for all that has been dead in you. But he also knows that some things need to die first. And he's not someone that you have to clean up for before he can come in. He wants to do it alongside you. To come and sit beside you and open the doors as the things spill out. And say to you, let's start again. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.